Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, you guys? Sean Rossat, managing editor of Fightful.com, FightfulWrestling.com, where you can go get go to get all of your exclusive news, podcasts, interviews, videos, photos, in pro wrestling, MMA, and boxing. Of course, we broke the news of Ronda Rousey's first Raw match shortly before Raw tonight, as well as some more happenings on tonight's show. You guys can go over to FightfulSelect.com if you want some additional podcasts, additional content. We do retro reviews. We have two coming up in uh, August. We have the uh, bi-weekly Q&A show, dark match commentary. It's definitely worth a look. Just head over to FightfulSelect.com. Take a glance at what we have going on over there. This show brought to you by BlueChew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. We'll tell you more about that later. Brock Lesnar in the house for this episode of Raw. But I am joined by Alex Palowski, per usual. And we, we got some not-so-great news this weekend, Alex. Uh, honestly, a lot of not-so-great news. Brickhouse Brown passed away. The, the father of Trevor Lee passed away. And to WDB fans, they'll know a little bit more than those names. Nikolai Volkov, Grandmaster Sexay, Brian Christopher, Brian Lawler, both passed away this weekend. Uh, Brian Christopher's in particularly disheartening fashion. Uh, what were your thoughts when you heard of these, these passings this weekend? Well, I mean, okay, I'll, I'll get the, the, the one that's not as depressing out of the way first. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, to me, was always just it's, it's just just a heat magnet. I mean, obviously, in the 80s, during the you know height of Reagan-era Cold War policies and stuff like that, this guy coming out and requesting that you stand in silence as he as he sings the Soviet anthem. I mean, it's great. He's him and Iron Sheik. That that's the, it's a throwback. But I love the idea that like if that guy wasn't who he was in the eighties, I don't think we ever get peak Rusev riding out on a tank. You know what I mean? Like like that. The, the, there's an absolute through line from that character, what that guy was in the mid eighties to to that. Like the the foreign heel thing. Very few people that better than Nikolai Volkov. Um, and, you know, it's sad to hear of his passing, but, I mean, <laughs> Grandmaster Sexay, like, I was a too cool mark back in the day. Like, a lot of people I, were. They I were a very overact. They were so much fun. Like, And the whole thing is, like, I didn't believe for a second they were any good. 
Like, I mean, like, I liked his leg drop was fine, but Scotty Tuhati, come on. It was just like their their whole presence. And when they got together with Rikishi, like, it was this wonderful, complete mismatch, opposites attract kind of a thing that you never thought was going to work. But it totally worked. The thing that was been uh, tweeted over over um, Twitter is the uh, the clip from the Royal Rumble. I forget what year it was, where it wound up the three of them were in the ring together. Thousand. And they they brought out the yeah, two thousand. And they brought out. I mean, I was watching that live, like uh, on pay per view with friends. And when they brought out the, the sunglasses and the lights went down, we popped on the couch, just like everybody in that arena did. It was a huge thing. And I mean. It's just so tragic where somebody can go from from that, you know, like thousands, tens of thousands of people in that arena screaming for you in that that kind of a way that that is that is what that is. And to, you know, less than 20 years later to a point where there's, you know, it's it just it's it's horribly tragic. Nikolai Volkov, I'll save the the anecdotes for Jimmy. Jim, he was more Jimmy Van's time and. I know Jimmy Vans heard plenty of stories about him, so we'll talk about him at length on the list and your boy on Wednesday. Uh, also, I'll share a little story about about him. It ties in recently. He was inducted in the Hall of Fame in 05, won a couple of Slammy Awards, uh, was an international WWWF tag team champion, and uh, won the tag team championships in the WWF with Iron Sheik. Man, it's I got I got to know him mainly because of retro clips and because of his participation in uh, in the Million Dollar Corporation in the mid '90s. But where I even then I wasn't that plugged into wrestling. But where I really got to know him was when they put him on the WWE video game about 15 years ago. I learned a lot uh, in my early 20s about what wrestlers did because of those video games. And he was one of them that maybe I wouldn't have have known as well, uh, if not for that. I love the the clip WWE posted a couple years back of him singing the the anthem with Rusev and Lana. I posted a picture of that on my Twitter. So great, and <laughs> it's it's a rough one. To, he's a rough one to lose. He's seventy years old, which man still seems too young. Still seems too young. Brian Lawler, Brian Christopher, Grandmaster Sexay. I mean, you know, he got his first look in WWF in 93. He wrestled Jimmy Snuka, and then he was brought in in 1997 to help launch the light heavyweight division, and they wanted him to be a big part of that. You saw Taka Michinoku wish, wish his family well, and they were, they were two of the big pieces, that light heavyweight division, and it just didn't work out for him. They put him with Scotty Tuhati. Well, at that time, just Scott Taylor, a guy who had been a jobber for years in the WWF. And, you know, their their gimmick was that they were awfully physical with one another, and it was going down that that path. And I, I believe one of them got hurt, and when they came back, they just had an awesome gimmick. They had the two cool gimmick, and they added Rikishi to it. And man, they they were something that, that fans of that era will never forget and will always look fond look look back fondly on. They were so over. And I really thought that maybe they got their title run a little bit after when they should have. It wasn't at their peak, but at that time you had so many good tag teams. Yeah. And you gotta remember, 
everybody talks about Edge and Christian, the Hardys and the Dudleys. But think about what teams were there that were over that nobody talks about. Nobody talks about the right to censor, how white hot they were. Nobody talks about too cool. And I mean, you had like Road Dog and X-Pac like seven or eight down the depth chart. That's that's an insane tag division that these guys were able to flourish in. And I think that says a lot about them. And guys, I, I encourage you. I mean, I know a lot of a lot of jokes were made at the expense of Brian Lawler in the past few years. If you have any friends with substance abuse issues, I know it can be hard to not shut them out. Just reach out here and there. You never know if your voice might be the one that they need to hear, especially in a situation like that. That is a truly tragic way to lose somebody and a, and a tragic end to somebody's loss. So our condolences to the friends, family, and the fans of, of all four of the the lives that we lost in pro wrestling this weekend. I know that Trevor Lee, his family was having some trouble covering the, the funeral costs and a lot of wrestlers stepped up. I know Moose did. Uh, I know that uh, Jack Stane did. I know that EC3, Rockstar Spud, I, I believe Nick Jackson, a lot of people contributed Head over to Trevor Lee's Twitter, and uh, if you all wouldn't mind, donate if you can. Help out that family. And, of course, also condolences to the family of Brickhouse Brown. I, I think he was 57. Man, that's horrible. That's horrible. Shout out to our friends at OMG for the sponsor donation. Much appreciated. We got WWE Raw to talk about, though. You know, I've, I've seen worse episodes of Monday Night Raw, Alex. Well, the standard isn't very high. I mean, that's a that's low why bar. I said to I've clear. seen worse. I've seen that's a worse. low bar to clear. No, it's, it's not the worst I've ever seen. Like if this were liar liar, and I were laying in bed next to the writing team, and they said, "How was it?" I would look at them and say, "I've had better." Yep. And they'd kick me out of the room. Yeah. But you know, there there was some good on this show. Matching gear was good. <laughs> yeah, there's there was some matching gear that 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 uh, that was good. What what stood out to you the most on this episode of Raw? My God, it's freaking Groundhog Day. Can we not do the damn thing over and over and over? And I mean, I, I listen. By the end of the night, at least it was slightly different. But I, I guess I mean we'll talk about this when we get to the end. But depending on whether you think the crowd was chanting for Roman or Strowman, <laughs> uh, they, it may have been mission accomplished with all this ridiculous stuff trying to get Roman over as a baby face. Oh, how will he ever overcome this monster at SummerSlam in three weeks on the WWE Network? Um, yeah, it's, uh, it doesn't work for me. It, it, your mileage may vary. Um, but I, I'm, yeah, this, this whole thing, it's, it's just the whole thing's empty, man. It's devoid of it's, substance. It's insulting is what it is, but we'll, yeah. we'll get to it. We'll get to it guys. If you all uh, haven't, and you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. We are available on iTunes, Stitcher, Player FM, iHeartRadio, virtually everywhere. So you have no excuse to not catch us. You can download the MP3 on the website a few hours after the show is over. Leave us a thumbs up. And uh, most importantly, comment, guys. People ask me, uh, you know, oh, I don't, I might not have the money to, to subscribe to Fightful Select. 
How can I help? Commenting on YouTube and most importantly, commenting on the stories on Fightful.com themselves. I can't tell you how important that is. Uh, Start a conversation, share our stuff. But like I said, uh, comment on the story on Fightful.com. We do our best to grow a community there. We have live coverages and discussions of every show. We start off with the in-memory graphics for Volkov and Grandmaster Sexay. Uh, We also see a video about Roman Reigns and Lashley's match last week on Raw. Brock Lesnar is backstage looking like a red human Easter egg. (laughs) Son of a bitch. He's so purple all the time. Yep. I think he he spends so much time up north as soon as he hits the air with the the combination of the hypertension and the sun. (laughs) He just – Yeah. Who was the guy on – Willy Wonka, Augustus? Augustus Gloop. No, but you're thinking of Violet Beauregard. Oh, okay. The Blueberry well, I mean, Girl, yeah. Okay, I'm thinking of Violet Beauregard. Yeah. I feel like she, maybe Augustus had a, had a tint to him as well. <laughs> Roman Reigns gets some heat coming out and says that he had to learn to respect Bobby Lashley last week, but he does not respect Brock Lesnar. If you have seen a promo... Mm-hmm. With Roman Reigns and Paul Heyman in the last three and a half years, then you saw this promo. Yeah. Hey, uh, spoiler alert. Uh, Roman Reigns doesn't like that Brock Lesnar doesn't like to show up and defend his championship. Spoiler alert. Paul Heyman um, is the advocate for the reigning, defending, conquering, blah, blah, blah. It's the same thing. It's over and over. It, not, not, nothing changes. That's why this, especially this this opening segment, there was nothing to it. Nothing. I don't care. And it, listen, it, listen. It might titillate some people that you have Roman call Brock Lesnar a bitch, but I don't care. I don't care. It doesn't do anything for me. He's Paul he Heyman said cuts. it. He said it too many times for yeah. it to actually have any meaning at this point. It doesn't have the ooh factor anymore. It seems to me like WWE wants Roman Reigns to be everything besides Roman Reigns. That seems like the real issue here. Paul Heyman cuts a promo about putting down the big dog and that Lesnar will move back to UFC to become a two-sport champion. I could stand to see some new material out of these two besides Roman said a bad word. Naughty. (laughs) He's not supposed to say that, is he? Oh, he went off the script. He's a rebel. We get these segments backstage, so I'll write a little more about this in the Fightful Wrestling Weekly, which we cover on FightfulSelect.com's Weekender podcast, as do our friends over at Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Subscribe. But um, WWE, I was told that they were taking a bit of a different approach, and they did tonight. They went heavy on the backstage segments, and I kind of liked it. It was different. It got a lot of people involved. It weaved the story in and out. However... This happens a lot. WWE takes these initiatives a lot, and then a few weeks later, they get lazy and they forget about it. And they change it. Oh, no, we can't do that. It's, you know, you know, I can tie it into my work. Sometimes I get really motivated and I start a new feature, and then a couple weeks into it, I'm like, shit, I got to make this happen every week now. (laughs) Damn, I just committed to a new podcast every week. But you got to do it. They don't have to do that. They can switch up their formula and say, piss off viewers. It doesn't matter. But tonight, I loved what they did. 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess I, I, I just said it didn't it didn't do anything for me either way. I didn't hate it, I didn't love it. It's a new thing. Uh, it's fine. Uh, you do have a rather large locker room full of people who could be out there in the ring doing stuff as opposed to just, you know, hanging out backstage. But I guess, you know, if they're not killing themselves with the business, that's good. Uh, they can actually, you know, stay healthy. Um, did you ever find out what happened to uh, Mustafa Ali? Because he posted a random picture from the hospital, and I was like, no, 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 he is my sweet, precious boy. He cannot be hurt. I love him so much. I reached out to WWE for comment, and I got a pretty generic, hey, I'm on vacation, auto reply. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there well, you sounds, go. That sounds good. I'm glad I've ever cleared that up. Yeah. Uh, they, they, the auto reply instructed me to contact someone whom I have never contacted before. So I'll find out. I mean, I'll find out. I'm, I'm going to try, but you know. So Brock Lesnar's backstage reading an outdoorsman magazine in which uh, Total Diva Zeps on Twitter had a bunch of fun with. Uh, go over and check out their PNG image and create your own yep. magazine that Brock is looking at. My personal one was, How Do I Beat Up Matt Riddle by Sean Pearson, formerly of Fightful.com. The only person on Fightful.com who has ever beaten up Matt Riddle. Mm-hmm. Deanna Perrazzo couldn't do it. Jason Kincaid couldn't do it. I'm pretty sure Shane Helms won't be able to do it. This is really what I didn't want out of the story, but we will get to how it paid off later. Brock Lesnar backstage saying, I don't watch the show, Paul. Why would I watch the show? Right. It's like, I know what you're doing. Yeah. Here's the thing. Um, That comment, devoid of context in a vacuum, makes me love Brock even more. Because you shouldn't watch the show, Brock. It's crap. Most of the time, it's crap. You can watch some YouTube clips, get caught up on it, or you can do what a lot of people are apparently doing. They don't watch the show. They just watch us talk about the show and shit all over it. You can do that. Um, But within the context of this whole thing, like, I don't watch the show. I'm not a nice person. I don't care about the WWE universe, and I damn sure don't care about you. Oh, he's a bad guy. We should root against him, huh? Says all the children in the audience. I'm just, it's so, it's so, so transparent. Like you can, you can do it without being so heavy handed about it. It was very blatant. They laid it on heavy all night. Dick. Way too heavy. Lesnar tossed Heyman's phone, which was kind of funny. I was like, damn, how does Heyman already have a clip of that? Like he's, <laughs> he's like, look at what Roman said. And I'm like, damn, WWE doesn't get him up that fast. Yeah. Maybe he's like, uh, he's got the, the PS view app on his phone. <laughs> I'm going to run it back or something. Got the one minute delay on it. Yeah. I'm like, man, he's, he's watching pirated stuff. Yeah. WWE do something about this. This was WWE trying to force the babyface reaction in the Lesnar. I don't care about WWE thing. Angle isn't happy about Lesnar refusing to appear in front of the crowd. And Heyman says it's Angle's problem. Angle says, nah, son, it's yours. And I'm going to fire you if you don't leave or if you don't get Lesnar out there. Heyman's trying to convince Lesnar to go out and cut a promo, but Lesnar says he doesn't care about anything or the WWE universe, which makes him sound like a huge fucking dork for saying that. Mm -hmm. Never, ever, ever 
in the eight plus years that I have covered pro wrestling, when somebody has ever talked to me about pro wrestling, have I referred to the WWE universe instead of fans or readers or yep. viewers mm-hmm. or listeners? Mm-hmm. Not once. Yeah. Nor should you. So weird. So weird. Constable Corbin defeated Finn Balor. This match went 20 minutes long, Alex. (laughs) And I think that these two work well together. Yeah, I think there's a a fantastic 12-and-a-half-minute match somewhere out there between these two guys. I mean, like, really, really, really good. There's never going to be a good 20-minute match between these two. You can't f- – I mean, it's just – like, if you have Baron Corbin, like, get the guy in a headlock for eight minutes, I, it's I, – I, no. No, it's not great. I don't like that. You know, we talk about going long. Yeah. And sometimes Raw goes a little bit long. hmm Sometimes Raw is hard to get through. Mm-hmm. But sometimes watching WWE Raw can just, Alex, leave you flaccid. Yeah, sometimes it does. Just, boom. Yeah. I wish there was something that I could, I could take that would cure my flaccidity when watching Raw. You know, our good friends over at Blue Chew can fix that for you. Let's talk about sex, my friends, because after this, it's going to be hard to get motivated. Fortunately, you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed, even after a totally demoralizing episode of WWE Raw. BlueChew.com, that is blue like the color blue, my beautiful shirt. It brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. That's you, you can take them on a full stomach or an empty stomach. So maybe you have vomited profusely after raw. That doesn't matter. You can still take Blue Chew from BlueChew.com. Since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready whenever the opportunity arises. If it's 10.40 p.m. Eastern, and you're like, this show is not going the way that I planned. You chew that bad boy and you are ready to go. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor's visit. No waiting at the pharmacy. Alex, you don't have to put on your mask to go to the mailbox and get this stuff. Wow. You're telling me that I can, I can get... Erectile dysfunction pills without wearing a mask? Listen, it is the night your sex life was revived, number one, and you can get this at bluechew.com. Use that promo Fightful, and you can try it for free, Alex. For free? For free, Alex. For free? You just pay the $5 shipping. Wow. Bluechew.com. Use that code FIGHTFUL. Well, Balor and Corbin went 20 minutes. <laughs> well, yeah. mm. Perhaps they, 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 
Ah, There's some back and forth action. Some action. Until Balor gets clotheslined on the apron by Corbin. Corbin does his boss man spot and hits a really nice backdrop on the apron. Part of me, part of me thought this was like their SummerSlam match. Like maybe they're not getting this match at SummerSlam. And then I remembered, wait, they just had this match on pay per view. They did. Why are they going this long? Uh, because they don't have anything. Because because they they had to wait and give us the anticipation of the Rude Raleigh feud happening next week, not this week. They had to build the anticipation, Sean. They couldn't give us any any bit of that in the ring this week. Oh, you know we're doing some plugs with In the Mood for a Rude Raleigh feud. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> so Balor kicks Corbin off the top rope, and it's a Tope Con Hilo. Because there's at least one on every damn WWE show. Corbin goes right back to the half Nelson cross face that he did 10 minutes earlier. This picked up heat, but this did not need to be this long. Corbin gets a two count on a deep six, and then a missed coup de gras li- leads to Corbin getting the end of days for the win. Good old fitty, fitty booking. Mm-hmm. Man, I love it. Nobody gets over. Ben, uh, ben Balor got beat up afterwards. Why? Why, Alex? I don't like 50-50 booking as a rule. I don't like – I don't just, like, don't like it. Um, however, um, there's a potential where it's not just, hey, you won last time, uh, so you win this time. Um, if it's not that, and there's a, a, a storyline about how these guys are really evenly matched, like one guy is really lithe and fast, and it's hard to get a grip on him, but the other guy is super powerful, and if he catches you in his finisher, you're done. Like, depending on what happens in each match, like there could be a different winner. You could tell a story about that, but well, WWE is, is, is super protected. Right, the end of days has absolutely. never been kicked out of, to my knowledge. Not that I know of. Um, this is the thing: is that WWE is terrible at doing that kind of thing. They just lazily go, you know, like I said, uh, you won last time, so you win this time, um, and uh, they just figure out how to have a match around that, as opposed to really telling the story about how these two guys are really evenly matched, and they they're not doing that. Did you legitimately just send me your payment invoice in the middle of a broadcast, Alex? I did, because I'm going to forget to do it later. I just saw that notification on my phone, and I said, what? From Alex, what's what's wrong with the broadcast? Nothing. Nothing. We had crazy liking Alicia Fox backstage. I love this Alicia Fox. She always does it well. She does it better than anybody. Alexa Bliss says that, Mickey James is injured, and she handpicked Alicia Fox to replace Mickey. Which, I mean, I guess she doesn't have a lot of friends backstage right now. Yeah. But curious selection. The only other option would have been like Dana Brooke. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, here's the thing though, Alicia Fox. I totally buy being like, listen, I've been on the shelf with a broken tailbone forever. Um, I want to get back in the ring. I'm also crazy as a loon. So I'll absolutely switch from babyface to, to heel whenever I want to. I buy her being like, yes, Alexa, we're friends now, and I'm going to fight whoever you tell me to. A lot more than I bought Mickey James out of the blue becoming her best friend. So this is fine with me. I don't know what's, what's up with Mickey James, if it's a long-term or short-term injury or whatever. 
Um, I, I totally buy Alicia Fox as as Alexa's foil here. It's good to see her back in the ring. Yeah. Rousey really and is. Bliss are ringside. Fox pulls up the ring skirt, pulls the ring skirt out and catches Natalia in it and beats her. Then Fox starts working the leg over in a, a very unique way. Fox uses an airborne abdominal stretch that I thought looked awesome. I love that hold. And the two both traded pretty good clotheslines. I love Alicia Fox's Northern Light suplex. It's one we haven't been able to see in a while. She does it so well, gets a great bridge. Fox goes after Rousey to distract the ref, which allows Bliss to crack Natalia with a punch. And, you know, she throws great punches too. A big boot from Fox also looked good. Hits Natalia. Well, what I could see of it, because production missed the finish per usual. After this, Ronda Rousey goes crazy. And even when you see her run, like she has to slow herself down a little bit because you can tell she's a little bit of a different kind of athlete. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> like Alicia and Lex are like, hey, hey, you're not supposed to catch me yet. Let me get to the barricade. <laughs> she whipped the, these girls' asses so bad. Like when when Rousey sends these girls for a ride, they're just, all, they're just along for the ride, Alex. Yeah. Um, Rousey, to me, it's like if, if they hadn't just – to me, kind of wasted the whole idea of the female Terminator thing and Terminator 3 or whatever that was. Um, she's absolutely the female T-1000. Like from Terminator 2 where he's just running down the freeway yeah. and just jumps on the back of the car. Like you know, China wanted that role, right? And she's Did she really? Wow. Yeah, she wanted that role. Apparently, I, there was a pretty big push for her to get it, I think. Um, uh, I just, I'm, I just, I'm very impressed with, with when she turns on I'm going to kill you mode. Like it's totally believable uh, yeah. to the point where I, I, I genuinely um, am, am scared for the people that she's chasing. Um, especially Mickey, when she wears her ridiculous high heeled stiletto boots, I'm like, you're going to snap an ankle, hon. I mean, Hey, that, that may have been what happened. Uh, maybe why she's not around. Cause she was running from Ronda Rousey in the high heeled boots. Um, but no, this was, this is a, uh, this was really good. I liked all of this. Alicia Fox would, would gain a measure of revenge on Rousey, attack her. I thought it all looked good. This was an effective series of segments. It sets up Ronda Rousey backstage, fired up. I thought she delivered her lines well. She looked good doing so. She said, give me a match soon or I'm going to get suspended again. And Angle says, all right, next week on Raw. As reported by Fightful.com. Ronda Rousey will face Alicia Fox on Raw. How long do you think this match goes? Um, three and a half to four minutes. Really? You think there's going to be some shenanigans? I do. I think there's going to be some shenanigans. I think I think that Alicia Fox is going to land a big boot. Um, I think there's going to she's going to she's going to you know she'll get in a few bits of offense. Uh, and then it'll be, you know, uh, Alexa Bliss hitting with a title or something um, as she's going for the pin after her crazy, like, Samoan F5. I don't know what to call that thing that she does. It's it's a very odd... The spinning Samoan spin- drop. Yeah, it's it's very cool. I like it a lot. Um, it's vicious looking. Um, I'm, I'm assuming she's going to hit that on Alicia Fox and then uh, Alexa Bliss is going to break up the pin with the, with the, uh, with the belt. That's what I'm thinking. I think you should just give her the win. I mean, it's Alicia Fox who gives a shit. Oh, uh, uh, 
I think you should too. Uh, I'm saying what they're going to do because there's no such thing as a clean victory leading up to the pay-per-view when you could just have the heel she's feuding with get in the ring and stop it. You know, um, like we saw later with um, Dolph and Drew and Seth. The WWE has one story that they like to tell when it's in this particular thing, and that's what it's going to be, I think. By the way, China actually auditioned wow. to be the female Terminator. Interesting. The more you know. Elias comes out. Well, he's already out. Brags about his new song, says that Miami is a stupid city that idolizes The Rock. You think this is planting a seed? I mean, it seemed like that would, if it were going to happen, if he, if The Rock was going to be there this year at mm-hmm. WrestleMania, I thought it was going to be with Elias. No, uh, it, there, he's the perfect foil for The Rock um, because uh, he can go, but he's also bulletproof. Like the rock can hit the rock bottom on him, and like he'll be fine on on raw. Like it's it's very easy. Um, so I don't know if as far as like if it's if it's the rock having a real wrestling match, or the rock coming in and squashing some guy. Uh, either way, I think Elias would be would be really great at it. So, but that's also months from now. So we'll see. Um, we'll see how where where things go from here. So he also makes fun, he being Elias, makes fun of Bobby Lashley, who interrupts. And Elias says he knows that Lashley doesn't just want to walk with Elias. He wants to sing with Elias. Elias is going to keep it slow and simple, just like Lashley. And Lashley just sings along. He's into it. Then Elias beats him up. Uh-huh. I'm like, what's the problem here? What's the beef? Um... I guess they're going to say that Elias didn't like that Lashley sang better than he. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He did, oh, or boy. some stupid thing like that. Oh, like boy. you, you stole my spotlight, even though I was the one who asked you to sing because yeah. I thought you were going to suck, but you were good, even though Bobby Lashley was not good. I just um, begged him to make sense of a couple of things, like that's it. But yeah, that, but they're not, but they're not gonna because they don't have to because there's st- there's stock prices to the roof, so there's no incentive for them to get better. Lashley comes back, beats up Elias. You know, here I was thinking this match had already happened, but it hasn't. They've been in some triple threats. They've no. not had a match yet. Just Bobby Lashley beats the living shit out of Elias all yeah. the time. Yeah. The When Bobby Lashley made his debut, he interrupted Elias, hit him with a vertical suplex, and then they didn't feud after that, which I thought they were going to. Um, and I guess now they, they're like, there's some beef there now. Maybe that's why Elias attacked him. If they has, If they said that... Like, you made your debut by coming out and interrupting my song, and then you beat me up for no reason. So now I'm going to sucker you into me being able to hit you. It would be even funnier if Elias said, I dealt with Vertigo for weeks. (laughs) By the way, Moose sidelined over the last week with Vertigo, Alex. Wow. 
Who did he feud with for six months? I don't know. Bobby yeah, there Lashley. You there you go. There you go. Oh, man. Oh, man. Backstage, Kevin Owens compliments Constable Corbin. <laughs> Owens says <laughs> that his kid idolizes Corbin and runs around the house in a vest. Mm-hmm. He's fantastic. He is. He's fantastic. He wants Strowman's briefcase, but Corbin says, tough shit, it's bronze until SummerSlam. Angle and Corbin are also backstage talking to Stephanie about the main event segment or lack thereof. Later on, we see Mojo Rawley step into the locker room and trash everyone. Everyone being Zack Ryder, Kurt Hawkins, Heath Slater, Rhino, Mike Kanellis, and the Ascension. Bobby Roode shows up, challenges Mojo, then attacks him. Are you in the mood for a Roode-Rawley feud? Never. Me either. And there's really no reason to talk about this. No. Uh, Mojo Rawley was good. He was he good. Delivers, he delivers lines very well. I I loved the shot of uh, talking about Zack Ryder. I beat up this guy so bad I sent him back to catering. Like that's great. I mean, I mean, like, listen, it's 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 a low blow, but it 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 totally works. Totally works. Um, they they broke up the hype bros and said one of you is going to get a, a a minor to medium sized push. The other one is never going to be on main event. Like that's that's what they're doing. So you know, it's it's uh, it's certainly telling. It made sense. He delivered the line well. Um, I don't know how either one of these guys comes out better from this feud. Him and Rude, uh, dude. It's just not going to be good. Constable Corbin and Kurt Angle backstage make Roman Reigns leave. In an effort to get Brock Lesnar to come out, he is escorted out by security and punches Corbin before he goes. So we're getting a Corbin Reigns match next week or the week after. Probably. Uh, here's my thing about this. Were they security? Because you said officers? Like, I mean, they may be security officers, but they were, they were you know, supposed to be cops-ish. I mean, I think... And then, like, hey, cops standing two feet from me, I'm going to punch this guy for no reason. Is that cool with you? It is? Great. Um, it's just a weird thing that, like, you know, there, there are no repercussions even if when he does something like that. That's fine. Yeah. Somebody's, like, somebody's like, well, Ron Strowman does even worse. I'm like, well, yeah, but it doesn't mean, like, this consistency, I, I suppose. But I think that the, the logic is on my side here probably shouldn't just be committing aggravated assault unprovoked in front of law enforcement officers. Probably not. Jinder Mahal versus Braun Strowman. Jinder Mahal won this match because Kevin Owens immediately shows up and steals the briefcase. As he runs from Strowman, he passes it to Sunil Singh, who gets mowed over, and Jinder wins via countout. Yeah, I thought this was an okay way to give Jinder a win. I mean, he's not wrestling very much, but he's on TV. He's a former champion. You got to keep him. WWE, I know what they think. You got to keep him somewhere near stuff like this, or else you admit that your entire 2017 was a colossal waste and a failure, which it was. Mm -hmm. Some of the worst wrestling TV I've seen in WWE. Mm -hmm. But it also does illustrate that Strowman can lose his briefcase like this. 
I thought it was fine. I mean, no no real harm done, I guess. It just makes Braun look dumb. Yeah, uh, and that's my problem. This is the whole thing. We're, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that here, I suppose. Um, someone needs to explain to me why Braun Strowman isn't calling out Brock Lesnar. says, I have this contract. No I'm reason. Calling. There's none. He's 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 a giant monster who does whatever he wants when he wants. Why does he not want to become champion tonight? Because Brock's in the building. Go kick down the door of his fancy little uh, room. Bring a ref with you and say we're going right now, Brock. Like I, you you've backed yourself into a corner by putting the briefcase on him and then not letting him use it. Like I don't I don't understand. That doesn't make any sense. It's actually it's actually better if Kevin Owens comes away from SummerSlam with this briefcase, because he's sniveling enough that you believe he wouldn't actually use it. Braun believes that he can beat any five men at once. Why wouldn't he go after Braun? Why isn't Kurt Angle encouraging Braun to do this? I I don't know. Somebody was like, somebody was hypothesizing that Stephanie on the phone was telling Kurt that he had to go down the ring and make make a stipulation that, Braun's not allowed to cash in the briefcase until after SummerSlam because it would ruin the integrity of the main event that they planned. Yeah. And, like, honestly, if they said that, it would make sense from their standpoint. But at that moment, Braun should turn the whole building upside down. Yes. Like, why why have you given this monster a a golden ticket to to become the champ whenever he wants – but he doesn't want to become champ. That's that's mind-bogglingly stupid. Um, and then with this whole thing of, um, ah, look, look, he could he could get counted out too if somebody else were to come and steal the briefcase from him when he's yeah. wrestling. And I suppose it's kind of it's kind of a lame way to do it. Also, um, the. Your whole admitting that gender was a failure thing, it happened tonight. When he celebrated winning by countout in a meaningless match, like by looking up to the heavens and well, chanting. Mean, when he like, was champion, he won by hook or by crook, too. That was the only thing I could hang my hat but, on but the entire least, time is that he never won matches unless it was like against Ty Dillinger. Right. But at least he was defending his championship when he won and that there was like, Oh good. I get him main champion. What do you get from, for winning this thing? I guess you could just say you beat Braun Strowman, even though everyone knows you didn't and probably you'll pay for that next week. This is all just doesn't make any sense. As soon as Brock Braun won that briefcase, he said, the next time I see Brock Lesnar, I'm going to become champ. Brock said the building tonight. So was Braun. What happened? Maybe he didn't see I guess. I guess. I wish I didn't see Apollo Crews defeat Akam in what was, I think, his third singles match ever, Akam, in his yeah. life. Yeah. First since January 2016. It's been a while. Holy shitting butt balls. These guys need a manager. I will weekly, weekly remind you. Sign Stokely Hathaway. I'd rather they be on main event still than what happened tonight. They cut a terrible promo. This is what developmental and managers are for. Akam applies a modified Cobra Clutch. Apollo fights back with a series of kicks. Akam suplexes him, and Apollo Crews rolls up Akam and pins him. 
this is unforgivable what they have done with them they're finally starting to use andrade almas finally um but like which gives me hope that there's something on the horizon for these guys but this is not how you do it these guys were monsters in in nxt and not only were they guys who destroyed everybody but they also when they were forced to in had long good matches where there was lots of back and forth they sold like champs they were good really good wrestlers in nxt and since they've been called up you've either a not had them on tv ever or B, they're feuding with Titus Worldwide, and this was a basically a squash match. Like this was all eighty-five percent of the. Uh, I don't know. Eighty percent of the offense was gotten by by Apollo. Cruz. It was a sneaky pin, and it was he had him right. in the Cobra Clutch and suplexed him. I, I wouldn't say it's a squash. It was over way too fast. I oh, thought yeah. I wanted to see more of this, but these you have a raw tag team scene where you have these two jobbers who've been marginalized for years. And yes, it's a fun story that they're tag team partners now, but that's, that's fine. And then you have uh, Matt Hardy, who can barely walk. You have Bray Wyatt, who barely survived a car wreck. And you have the revival who finally are getting some kind of a meaningful push in some way it appears to be. And then you have these guys, like these guys should have shown up on raw and became the tag champs. Like, that's how you build these guys. And you say, well, who the hell are these guys? Have them roll through everybody. Bring out people. Have, like, have, a, have a match. And then, the, and then that, wasn't, that wasn't good enough. Bring somebody else. Have them then beat up another tag team. Like, really make these guys into something impressive. And then you can nerf them down the road. Why are you nerfing them now before, you, before they've even got a chance to, to do anything? It's, it, it's, I don't understand. And it does not bode well for all of your favorites in NXT. You better hope they all stay down there for as long as possible because this does not look good. This was a failure to capitalize Giant on ready-made failure. monsters. The sad yep. thing is, when WWE didn't have a lot of outstanding workers on their roster, they would have killed for these two guys. Yeah. They would have committed genocide for Braun Strowman, but they would have killed somebody for these two guys. Yeah. They had a real chance with these guys. Make the division special. They're the type of team you could put the titles on month one because you know why? They don't chase. They don't have to chase. They are what you chase. They are what you try to overcome. They are the wall you try to just overcome that that is immovable and unstoppable and overwhelming. And man, you could right now I'm begging for them to sign Stokely, but man, they could have been great with Samoa Joe. Still could. Still could. Still haven't lost as a tag team. But my God. A force for the shield to have reunited against. It was it was these guys. It was these guys. Ah, this was this was shit, man. This was shit. Yeah, it's, it's it's a it's a it's a really as you said, it's it's scary how poorly they hand they've handled these guys so far. It does not bode well. Very disheartening. Seth Rollins against Drew McIntyre. He defeated Drew McIntyre via DQ. 
McIntyre delivered this sick catapult underneath the ring. Mm-hmm. That was neat. I love just seeing something a little bit different, and I like that. Yeah, I, I liked it too. Uh, what I what I what I wish I what I wish didn't happen was he did that right before they went to commercial, um, and it really. I mean, I mean, they're selling it as though um, Seth has just had his windpipe crushed, but Michael Cole does raw rolls on, and it's like <laughs> well. That just tells me that this isn't anything, as opposed to you could actually sell it to me as, as something like Seth's really hurt, whatever, and he's going to overcome this. But no, I know when you say it that way, Michael Cole, that when we come back from the break, guess who's going to be in charge and in control of the match? Seth Rollins, and he is. Which means you did that ridiculous spot of the catapult underneath the ring for nothing because it didn't even affect the match. Like that would be a great way for like Drew to like take guys out in in his in his you know repertoire or whatever. But instead, you you had him do it, and now it, now it doesn't mean anything. Like you could use those moments that really look vicious to actually have meaning and weight. And instead, they they don't. We come back to see Rollins hit two suicide dives and a Falcon Arrow. Drew answers with a spine buster. Rollins super kicks McIntyre a bunch, and then he eats a super white noise. That was cool. Yeah. I mean, Sheamus isn't using it on Raw, so why not? <laughs> a straight-haired Ziggler interferes after a curb stomp, which is still being referred to as the stomp. The stomp. It, it can't be that hard to come up with a new term for the stomp, right? Yeah, I mean, did, did I mean? I I know, I know they can't. It's a, it's whatever. But when he was Tyler Black and he called it the blackout, it was perfect. But you don't, you can still call it the blackout, yeah. Even though he's not Tyler Black anymore. But there's got to be other things you can call it. I mean, the stomp is the dumbest thing. Call I can it think the of. dickweed driver for all I care. I, I mean, just call it something. The stomp. The All stomp right. better than the knee. I mean, isn't it Kirk Franklin? He's gonna come for that trademark, right? Is <laughs> that him? Yep. Could mm. be <laughs> the revival defeated the leader of worlds. B team's interview follows a Mr. Perfect vignette. Why do you remember the purpose of that Mr. Perfect vignette? No, I do not. I mean, maybe to remind people that that's. He's related to somebody on the roster. It could be, yeah. They're confused about the deleter of worlds action last week. Uh, B team, not Mister Perfect. Bo Dallas calls Charlie Caruso Charles, which I thought was funny. Deleter of worlds show up and get a pretty good reaction, and they call the the B teams win an anomaly. Apparently not, because the revival came out. They hung their hat on the Lashley and Reigns win, which I liked, and a right. wrestling match broke out in which the Revival won. It was not a particularly great match. B-Team was funny on commentary. There were a couple spots I, li- I liked. The Boston Crab leg drop that Revival did. Uh, what I am now calling the Ferrari body press, since Bray Wyatt has done that since his Husky Harris days, and yeah. we got a Husky Harris reference on commentary. We did and then Wyatt has his hair pulled and walks into a shatter machine. Revival win. Yeah, um, I, I'm I'm always here for um, Bray Wyatt's hot tags. Like he's he's great at that. The, the, yes, you, the crazy flying 
crossbody uh, thing. I, I love his um, eyes in the back of his head, turnaround, clothesline. It's always one of my favorite spots. His urinagi is always stellar. I, I really, I really like it. I think that if you're going to use, if you're going to have him wrestle with Matt Hardy, have him do most of the in-ring work because sometimes I watch Matt Hardy try and stand up from sitting down, and it, it, my hips hurt. So, um, yeah. uh, but I mean, he got his hair pulled, but I wouldn't call that necessarily a, a you know, like a thumb to the eye or a groin shot. This is as clean a victory as the revival gets usually. Um, I love the Shatter Machine. I love that the Revival are being treated as something here. Uh, they're the perfect guys to take it off of uh, the B team eventually uh, and really be the, the great tag team, one of the great tag teams in the world. Um, whether or not the WWE allows them to be that, we shall see. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm here for that. I, th- I think the best course of action is a fatal four way at or a, a tag team turmoil or some sort of multi team match at SummerSlam, and maybe you can kind of reset this division as best you can. Yeah. Oh man, they just yuck, yep. yuck. Yep. Uh, I mean, just the the state of the division. Not revival winning. I'm glad the revival won, but you need a way to to get teams like the revival and teams like the authors of pain on opposite ends because they those two are like made for each other those two teams meanwhile like how do you run the b team and the leader of worlds without sending those two guys to the goddamn compound i i I still don't know i know it was being pushed for by lots of people i don't know man by the way ufc interim welterweight champion colby covington was backstage at wwe tonight he told Fightful recently he wanted to get a meeting with Vince McMahon. He was running around there with a Make America Great Again hat in which Jinder Mahal got a selfie with. Boy, that's curious. But you all can head over to FightfulMMA.com, click that exclusives tab for cool stuff like that. We had interviews with Habib Nurmagomedov, Raquel Pennington, tons of people from the UFC Calgary show. Bailey and Sasha Banks defeated the Riot Squad. I like this match even more than the Rollins Ziggler or the Rollins McIntyre match because it had a finish. I yeah. like that Bailey and, Bailey and Sasha got matching gear, something that almost no other female duo in WWE does. Yeah. I like so, it. Yeah. If you're gonna have um female a female tag team division, your your flagship team should be Sasha and Bailey until you break them up and then you can have the feud that we want. But as of right now, they're the team that can anchor the whole deal. Um, they've ready made opponents in the riot squad. Um, there's other people that you can throw together. I'd like to see uh, what an Ember Moon and Nia Jax tag team could do. There's a lot of fun you could, you could have with people who aren't involved in the, in the title picture because you're going to keep the, the the belt on Alexa Bliss, you know, eleven months out of the year, um, and have her, you know, feud with with people. I think the title's got to be floating. They never do it anymore, but they no, got to be floating. And I dude, mean, I mean, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, that'd be cool. NXT UK, even, yeah, Jesus yeah. Christ, like, um, my my thought between like every if every pay per view is double dual branded. 
then if the if the champions are on Raw, they face a team from SmackDown at the pay-per-view and vice versa. However, the other brand figures out who their number one contender is, that's fine. A tournament, yeah. a fatal four-way, whatever it is. Battle Bowl but, for all I care. Yeah, but I think that'd be so cool. And what a great way of, uh, although, you know, they may try and, and, and put the kibosh on that because, as we know, there's only one night a year where the superstars of Raw and superstars of SmackDown go head-to-head in life of a bitch. in-ring competition. Corey Graves corrected Michael Cole in a Meteora call, which made me laugh. Bailey and Sasha killed Sarah Logan with knees throughout this one. Yeah. During the commercial, Sasha Banks ate the second turnbuckle on a nice little whip drop toehold spot. There was a super Frankensteiner from Bailey and a super Meteora from Banks that left Liv Morgan screaming on the cell. <laughs> Logan breaks up the pin, and we got a Bailey to backstabber. I like their finish. I'm all, you can tell that they've thought about this for a while. I definitely want to see women's tag team titles. If, if, if it helps you get more stuff involved, I want to see it floating. Just like you said, you can do something special. You can yeah. have them travel. Have them defended on a takeover sometime. Yeah, love there, a guy. There's a there's a great way of 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 like have have your your first ever female tag champions crowned at your all women pay per view. Like run run two separate tournaments, one on Raw and one on on SmackDown to get the top teams from each one. Um, depending on what you're planning on doing with with the ta- with the women's titles on each brand if it came down wouldn't wouldn't this be great i mean think about this sasha and bailey versus charlotte and becky for who's who's going to become the the first ever female tag champs uh in wwe that would be a really cool really cool way of of saying to each to, to these to the four horsewomen you matter and and Two of you are going to become the first ever of something. That's a really yeah. cool way of getting it done. I mentioned FightfulSelect.com, guys. It is our premium service where you can get additional content starting at only $5 a month. And for that $5, next week you will get the Retro Review SummerSlam 1992 podcast that will be out. you also get early access to my match ratings, which go up on Fightful.com. Also, you'll get early access to our TNA Unbreakable 2005 Retro Review. You also get the weekly 205 Live NXT Review Podcast from Mr. Warren Hayes. While the G1's going on, you get a G1 Wrap-Up Podcast. And every weekend, I do the Fightful Weekender Podcast, where I review Lucha Underground, Impact, Ring of Honor, Being the Elite, talk about WWE injury reports, and I give you exclusive news out of the Weekender. Give it a go. Five dollars. So, we get the main event segment. Paul Heyman is backstage begging Brock Lesnar to go out there and save his job. Lesnar says he's not Heyman's friend. And that Heyman has been leeching off of him for a long time. And I'm like, hey, bye. Kurt Angle and Constable Corbin in the ring. They call out Heyman. The crowd sings, na 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 to Heyman. He's about to get fired, he being Heyman. Lesnar comes out and F5's angle and stares down Corbin after asking, you got a problem with me? Then Lesnar grabs Heyman's face and threatens him, and the crowd unleashes, we want Roman chants. And I'm pretty sure it was, we want Roman chants. I saw people with weapons, or not weapons, 
Might as well be a weapon if it's a big dog <laughs> sign. Uh, it, it may have been. It may have been Roman. Uh, some some people are swearing it was. We want Strowman. Uh, either way, um, uh, people don't want Brock as your champ anymore. Um, but uh, this is. I, I did like the idea of of a Heyman. Uh, coming out and saying, you know, he doesn't care. He doesn't. He doesn't like me anyway. He doesn't want to be. He's a bad champ. He's the worst universal champ of all time, dating all the way back to two years ago, um, which I thought was just whatever. But um, there was a guy who held it for less than twenty four <laughs> hours, and somehow I have him slightly higher than Goldberg on my per- particular. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> my particular uh yeah least anyway the, least the second best <laughs> yeah <laughs> least the second best um but anyway uh this is again all a giant ploy to to get people to to hate brock and root uh uh for reigns listen i'm rooting for reigns because i want our long national nightmare to be over like, get the title on somebody who's going to wear it on the Raw every week. I don't care who it is. I'd much rather see almost anyone on the Raw roster take Roman's spot in this match because it would be a fresh match. It'd be something we haven't seen before. Um, it remains to be seen if this crowd, the Monday Night Raw crowd in Miami, is the similar crowd to the Barclays Center crowd for SummerSlam. It because ain't gonna be. I had somebody I say I don't think so. I had somebody say, Oh, well, Roman was getting cheered up until WrestleMania, and the WrestleMania crowd is just different. And I'm like, Well, then the WrestleMania crowd's been at every raw and pay-per-view, or at least 85% of them for the last three and a half years. Yeah. Um, Damn. I mean, I hope I'm just ready to move on, man. I'm ready yeah. to move on. Yeah, let's yeah, let's get this whole ch- sorted chapter behind I'm us. Tired of the three and a half year self fulfilling prophecy of one yeah. guy wanting one guy over. I'm yeah. ready for him to have his dominant run, but goddamn, if I can book it in my wettest of wet blue chew induced dreams, Paul Heyman would turn on Brock Lesnar yeah. and. Roman Reigns would be the nastiest goddamn heel you've ever seen. Yeah. And you would make big stars off of the nastiest goddamn heel you've ever seen instead yeah. of failing over and over and over again and saying, well, he's already a heel, isn't he? <laughs> and at least they're making noise. <laughs> at least they care. Uh, worst thing yeah. is not getting a reaction. You yeah. could have one guy getting the just the most heelish reaction doing the shit worse things and getting people over as a baby face just because people don't like him. Instead of trying to force people to dislike somebody else to like, that's like, that's like walking up to a girl, you know, has a boyfriend and you talk a bunch of shit about her boyfriend. That doesn't make somebody like you. That makes somebody dislike somebody else. Is that really how you want to try to get the job done? Not to that's that doesn't make any sense to me. Why would you do that? Trash. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This is the equivalent of running negative ads. Yeah. Against you your go. opponents. Like, okay, well, now I know why that guy's a piece of shit, but uh why should I like you? Like that I guess because 
you're not that person? Yeah. Oh, well. Exactly. Uh, okay. I guess. I mean, listen, I, I, I can't stress this enough. I don't want Brock to be universal champion on the Raw after SummerSlam. I don't, don't either. I would rather have whoever has the Money in the Bank briefcase after the, the Owens-Strowman match to cash in. And I want that person to be champion over Roman and because I think that would allow Roman to snap and finally become entitled enough to be heel or whatever. But maybe if they did that, it would just be like, oh, he was cheated. How can you not root for this guy? He's the world's greatest underdog. To me, worst case scenario is 11, 15 p.m. Eastern time, the night after SummerSlam, Brock Lesnar is still champion. Yes. It's worst case scenario. That's the worst case scenario. I don't care about seeing him as a two-sport champion. You know why? Because the thing is, you can take the title off of him, and then if he were to win the UFC championship, then you can have him win the WWE championship. Yeah, but but that's that's not what they would want in 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 uh, in Stanford. They would want him to wear the belt to the ring, so that would it would be like, oh, here's our champion. Our champion is now WUSC champion because they know but, the optics of. This guy just became UFC champion, so now we're going to make him WWE champion. That's not – they know what that, 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 that doesn't look right. And I hope they realize – I hope somebody has clued Vince in on this. I'm hoping maybe, maybe he's taking a trip and somebody's – maybe Razor, who fought in Bellator, has maybe bent – Vince said, hey, but – Daniel Cormier is going to beat the shit out of Brock. Real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Real yeah. bad, man. Yeah. Guys, it's, amazing. Uh, it's amazing how how, uh, how how quickly you lose matches with other guys aren't setting up for you to German suplex them over and over mm-hmm. again. Guys, check out our other channel, Fightful Scrap. that has got a lot of clips from our shows. Give us a, 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 ah, give us a subscribe. I would very much appreciate it. Of course, visit Fightful.com. I know some of you uh, just check out the podcast. Check out FightfulWrestling.com. It's a damn good wrestling website. If you all don't mind, leave a little comment on a story here and there. Engaging conversation really helps us grow. Alex, where can people find you on social media? You can find me at Pulowski the Fourth on the Twitter. You can follow me at Sean Ross at follow us at Fightful Online. Tuesday night, post SmackDown. Wednesday, the list and your boy, 3 p.m. Eastern. Myself and Fightful.com founder Jimmy Van. Jimmy Van is teasing a big announcement in which he never clues me in on until the day of. I have no idea. Literally, he has told me, hey, you're leaving the country in three and a half weeks before. And I had no clue until the show aired. So we'll see what's going to go on there. Thank you guys so much. We're out. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com.
Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit Amfem.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin.